0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to the Essential Apple Podcast, your home for news, news, security stories, technology, and all sorts of other related chit-chat that catches our attention. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode. Well, this week, an embarrassment of riches really, Uh, Apple have released a somewhat lustworthy new MacBook Air, complete with scissor uh, switch keyboard, Um, they've produced new iPad Pros with LiDAR scanners on the back, Um, a... Backlit track padded keyboard for said iPad Pros and the previous gen with a uh, rather magical looking cantilevered hinge that holds your iPad Pro floating in midair in front of you. Um, new straps, new phone cases, and all manner of other shiny, shiny things. Um, Craig, of course, uh, produced a video. Uh, showing us how wonderful the new 13.4 trackpad-enabled uh, cursor on uh, iPad OS is, and uh, lots of other things which we will talk about a bit later, probably. But, more importantly than that, I am joined this week by Glenn Fleischman, the renowned uh, author, journalist, historian, winner of uh, Jeopardy, apparently. And uh, also, I'm joined by... Pete Knowlton of Ghostry is back again. So, hello, Glenn. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, not a problem, not a problem. Um, Obviously, part of the reason uh, I reached out to you was because you have uh, written a book about taking control of working from home, which you have generously uh, made free to all and sundry in this uh, COVID-19-afflicted period, Um, and we'll talk about that a bit. And uh, uh, you just shouted out on Twitter that, you know, anybody wants to... Uh, Have me on their show or whatever to talk about it. Uh, I'm free. And I said, yes, please. And you said you'd come on. So uh, There we (laughs) go. Thank you so much. Yep, not a problem. Uh, And Pete, of course, um, Pete of Ghostry, who's been on before. Pete has just spent his first week working from home after uh, Ghostry have taken the precaution of shutting all their offices, um, you know, again in light of COVID-19. So hello, Pete. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. I wish my resume
1: was as was as good as Glenn's. But it's it's uh, I feel anticlimactic to say hi to
2: me, but hey,
0: I'm sure that's not really true. So someday,
2: someday you can be embarrassed on national television too if you're careful. Uh,
1: that's what I'm going for. Eventually, <laughs> I'll get there. <laughs>
0: So, uh, yeah, thanks both for coming on the show. Um, Really pleased to have both of you on. Um, So, Glenn, let's start. Obviously, I I guess um, you are, of course, a renowned author and journalist in the tech space and uh, you have a history in uh, print, uh, a bit like myself. But you have uh, written this book, Take Control of Working from Home Temporarily in the uh, fabulous Take Control series, obviously. Um, And we've had Joe of Take Control on the show as well, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, Just tell us a bit about the book, I suppose.
2: Oh, well, it's uh, like all good books. It started as a Twitter joke. (laughs) 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 That's a a little rude, but I realized, you know, it's funny. This has been such a... um, it's a cascade of things that have happened around this, around this pandemic. So at first you're like, well, this is going to be serious, but it'll be under control. You're like, well, it's going to be serious it's going to affect everything. And then it's like, no, it really. So a few weeks ago, I just made a joke in passing as I saw more companies very appropriately saying like, Hey, if you want to work from home, you can. And some companies saying uh, we're very lucky in the Seattle area. We were one of the first, Uh, they were kind of the epicenter of infections uh not in seattle but nearby in the uh, north america but also um we have uh, boeing microsoft and amazon are huge employers here and and boeing has it's difficult for boeing to send its workers to work from home it's hard to build a plane you just take the the landing gear work on that in your living room it'll be fine (laughs) but but amazon and microsoft really very early microsoft um Microsoft CEO, I just read the other day, one of his children has uh, cerebral palsy. And so he was very keenly aware of the demands on children, infection, and parents. And so um, it's amazing when you see leadership from the top like that. And he said, uh, we're going to go to work from home as, for everybody who who wants it or needs it, and we're going to switch to requir- you know, basically requiring it except for essential people. He said, we're going to pay all hourly workers who will not get paid, including contracted workers. And that set a great tone. And I think we shifted really quickly because of both being the epicenter uh but also this policy Microsoft has i think 45,000 people in our area uh who work in offices and plus all their contractors. So my my joke was a te- wasn't a was not a, a offensive joke it was merely well If you've never worked from home before, uh, maybe you should find a freelancer buddy and and find out uh, tips and tricks like putting a time lock on your refrigerator, uh, getting all the candy out of the house and uh, trying to keep your cat from typing on your keyboard. And a lot of people responded to it. And I thought, oh, I'm being like I'm being a little too dark humor about this. And I thought, gosh, you know, this is actually a serious subject is there's going to be to my mind. I was like, well, there'll be millions of people. And then I thought, no, this is. Maybe it's going to be hundreds of millions of people worldwide will be working from home. We have, it's not all white-collar jobs. It'll be a variety of kinds of things, uh, but people will need to work remotely in different ways. And so I talked to Joe Kissel, the publisher, and said, hey, I want to write a book that we give away free. And he said, great, do it. We're on it. And and that was kind of it. Uh, and so I went out to people, uh, I went out to Facebook friends and on Twitter and then talked to Take Control authors, uh, many of whom are... Remote workers, uh, I mean, actually, I think some have actual, like, employer day jobs, but many are remote workers for, like, uh, you know, doing customer service for a company. Uh, I'm sure at Ghostry, I'm sure you have people are distributed already on for tasks that don't necessarily need to be in an office and you have varying demand for people. I know a lot of companies mm-hmm. have been doing that for a while. So there's that kind of person. There's freelancers like myself who have worked at times in shared offices, but I've been uh, working again out of my house, I think from uh, lost tracks like 10 years. Apparently I haven't left the house in that long, that's so why I can't. Remember how long it's been. But so I wrote, so I got all this advice. About two dozen people gave me tips, and some people gave me like a really good tip. Some people wrote like even sections of the book, gave me kind of a draft, and that helped us pull it together really fast. So the book was written in about a week. It's now we've done one revision. It's sixty pages, and it's really targeted for people who've never uh, had to been asked to maybe even wanted to work from home and overnight they're told, you know, they've been going to an office doing a three hour round trip commute every day, maybe for X years. And then it's like, okay, uh, fire up your laptop, which we hope you have. And uh, it's time to work from home. So all the focus is on, on those people who have uh, suddenly need to, and then uh, coupled with, as we all know, having children at home full time with schools closed, maybe having uh, older parents living with us because you've brought them Home, or they've come to stay with you for care or to keep them out of a reach, or you already had an extended family. Um, there's people I know who have, you know, six roommates are living in the Silicon Valley area in California, and uh, they've bought some big, rambly house that they could afford in a suburb and have a long commute. And now, so they got seven unrelated people in the same house, nowhere to go, and they're all working remotely too. So, a lot of circumstances, and it felt like maybe just offering some some gentle guidance and just giving it to people to do something for people to uh, see if you could if we could make a, give people a little bit of help in getting started on this
0: yeah i mean that makes sense because on the surface i think a lot of people think oh working from home that would be lovely and then you have to start thinking about the actual logistics of it as you say you know where where am i going to work you know not everybody has a you know a spare room or a, a home study or whatever you know in in my case that would be um, finding a space to put a workstation even would be a considerable challenge. Um, So there's all that. And, and um, I mean, I saw an interesting post today on, on the, uh, on the Twitters, you know, um, from a guy who said, listen, I spent 10 years, you know, in as a submariner. So let me give you some tips Mm -hmm. (laughs) about, (laughs) you know, being in a confined space with a, a bunch of people which actually was, you know, had some quite handy tip, well, yeah, <laughs> hygiene, privacy, you know, try and allocate everybody, you know, if you've only got one living room, you know, try and allocate everybody, you know, an hour or something to oh, go, oh, go in good. there and, um, you know, do their own thing, whether it's watch a trash movie or balance matchsticks or do their yoga or whatever, you know, um, it was a very mm-hmm. handy tip from him. Uh, uh, there we go. So, um, Yes I think it that's that's very good and that is free of course and you can download that by going to uh takecontrol.com I believe
2: TakeControlBooks.com. Take I don't know who owns
0: Take you. Control. On. Yeah, Take Control be something
2: tire, <laughs> terrifying <laughs> <Yeah>. right <laughs> now. <laughs> Just clarify, <laughs> but yeah, and the, yeah, this is that's the thing is I think it's people have to define a space to work in. They've never had to, unless they have. I mean, some people I know ha- were working from home occasionally or one day a week, and that becomes a little easier. But a lot of people. Don't, you know I, I write in the book uh, if you don 't have a convenient spare room, and i 'm thinking, does anybody really have a spare room like unless you're you 've got some mansion uh, I once stayed, I was traveling across the United States, and a friend of mine uh, she didn 't have a room in her house, but she said, "Oh, I have these friends, uh, you can stay with them. this artist and his wife who is a professor, and were very lovely and they owned a mansion, and i was how do you, I kind of was like, how do you own a mansion they'd inherited it, and it was literally the biggest private home i'd ever been in, and I did in fact get lost. Finding my way from the bedroom they put me up in to where they ate breakfast in a very modest very modest people. It was a accident of inheritance. But most of us do not have the room for the grand piano and the room for the harpsichord mm-hmm. and so forth. So you can try to create a space where you hang a curtain over a space or you put up a partition, you move a bookshelf, something like that. Um but uh, Simon, I never I didn't think that's actually not in the book. It's gonna be in the next edition, the that uh the submariner tip of the um of the rotating use of a space too. That is fantastic because then no one feels like they're being displaced in the same way. They can have the right to a space as well.
0: Yep, yep. That was his, that was his kind of top tip, you know, on your schedule, if possible. You know, give everybody an hour or two hour slot to, you know, the main room or whatever so there we go i um, also saw
2: a good one the other day which was make sure and get dressed before you do your zoom or video yeah. sessions is some people have not realized when the camera is on or off when they're doing video conferencing and there are now stories abounding of people just showing up naked at the camera or in underwear or so, yeah. forth. so that's a uh, danger
0: yeah i mean that's um I'm sure, I don't know if you've met him, but, uh, Jeff Gamet, um, Oh yes. Jeff's the a mac- great guy. Yeah. Jeff's a great guy. He's been on our show a couple of times. He does a lot of podcasts, obviously, but he, he, he's a standing joke, doesn't he? On the, uh, when he goes on podcasts, um, you know, particularly video podcasts, I'm not actually wearing any pants, um, <laughs> which is, this is a sort of standing Jeff's joke. Uh, <laughs> that's good. He's a lovely thought. Uh, uh, so, um, Pete, you obviously yeah. have uh, spent a week at home. Um, how's how's that been for you? You know, have is that <laughs> something you've done before? Or
1: yeah, so I actually I was the one random dude in Florida with Street for six years. Oh. So I I actually was the only remote employee for the entire company uh, for a good long time. <laughs> um, and in twenty eighteen, I guess. Um, when our companies kind of, or the product kind of switched hands, I thought I was going to let go. And instead they told me to build on an office, which I definitely appreciated more than it's been real. Have a nice day. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) now I have a team of three, three folks down here. And then we actually have a a graphic designer who lives in Seattle or just outside Seattle. Um, (laughs) So he's been staying at home and then the rest of the team is in New York. Um, So for a lot of them, this is their first, Work from home scenario. Uh, we actually did a test uh, last Tuesday to kind of just kind of see, um, <clears throat> just to make sure that everything would work that <clears throat> that all that all processes would be covered. And that day, the New York office building management emailed them saying that they need to shut the office down because I guess oh. somebody in one of the other floors um, had tested positive, or there was some relation that had tested positive, so they were shutting the whole office down to basically just to to sanitize the entire thing so it wasn't an immediate threat but it was kind of a weird uh thing of like okay well, game on i guess so the next day they said we're shutting the new york office down go in mm. and get, get get what you need and go mm. home and we'll just kind of reconvene on slack and zoom and whatever processes and products we've been using and downloading um and just been working from home so the past week Coupled with the fact that it's spring break for my kids, uh, it was a nice kind of re- remembrance for me of what it was like to be a stay-at-home, uh, you know, working from home and also having my kids around all, all the time. But they're older now, so I can bribe them, which is much easier. So um, it, it, it makes the day go a little bit better. But for the team itself, um, things actually worked really well. Uh, you know, we... We kind of did a few things to make sure that everybody had a reconnect. Um, you know, with my team, uh, we have, I, I have one-on-one video Slack calls once a week just to kind of like see our faces and check in, just make sure everybody's good. Not necessarily even talk about work, but just to kind of chat, see if they anything. I told them that they needed anything uh system-wise to make their their work from home experience a little bit more comfortable or um you know easier on them to let me know if they needed anything and i'd have stuff shift directly to them um and the new york office is doing the same and then we have a zoom happy hour uh on fridays at like four, <laughs> at four o'clock where we all just sit in front of our laptops and drink a beer or whatever you want and just, just kind of see each other's faces um we have a daily stand-up at 10. Uh, Could, we, can I
2: interrupt? Do you, so your company, people in your company actually like each other? Is that what I'm hearing here? Yeah, it's weird. That sounds, that uh, sounds know, pretty cool. I like that. Yeah,
1: for the most part, we don't hate each other yet, uh, which is, which has always been nice, which is why I'm <laughs> so still cool. here. I just celebrated my eighth year with Ghost Free. Uh, oh, that's really neat. And so, you know, it's at this point now, I've, it's it's a second family. So we all okay. um, we all actually care genuinely care about each other, which is not... Something you find every day, which is something I always tell some of the younger folks that are coming in, I was like, this is a unique opportunity. So definitely take advantage of a lot of the camaraderie and the fact that people are willing to take the time to teach and you don't, you don't get this type of environment in, in a state job, for example, like, you know, where you just become a number and you get a desk and you're expected to output X amount of stuff, you know, we, we get to create, we get to be, you know, think outside the box and, you know, it's a unique opportunity So take advantage of that unique opportunity in every way, you know, in relationship and, um, you know, hanging out with with the team and doing all that. So we just we we make sure that we take, or we're making sure that we are taking the extra step to make sure that we're all still connected and that nobody feels isolated. Which is super easy to do. Um, if I didn't have some of my kind of outside interests and things and places to go, those six years working from home would have been very lonely. Um, you would you feel kind of disjointed from society pretty quick uh, when you're working from home. So the extra efforts that a lot of companies are doing outside of of Street and whoever um you kind of see companies stepping up a little bit right now the fact that it's it's not just a certain demographic of the population work population that's being infected. it's it's every single person and you know as we were talking before on here there's nobody's been in this situation this is this is brand new for everybody um i kind of feel like we're going to be you know we had a post 9-11 uh pre-9-11 scenario here in the states and so it's going mm-hmm. to be a pre-covid post-covid um situation moving forward My my daughter said it's like we're 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 living through somebody's history class right now and it's, That's it's a, pretty interesting to think about
0: that is just very yeah that is a very good comment that that yeah. is i mean my daughter said something similar you know like yeah. this is <laughs> it is going to be one of those things that when she's older, you know, she'll be telling her kids or her grandkids. I remember, you know, the yeah. great pandemic of 2020.
1: Yeah. 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 It, and I it's... saw a shirt online that said 2020 sucks. And I kind of agree. do I want to get that shirt, <laughs> yeah. you know, we had started off with the longest January on record.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, then, and
1: then the yeah. quickest February and then March is just like, Oh, what, this is, this is it, quite a, quite a turn this year.
2: It's weird though. Cause I don't, I, I'm trying to think of, is there anything in the world besides a world war and even then that has affected almost everyone on the planet in some way like there's there are people still not affected but will be soon and even in the middle of world war 2 people a lot of people were going about their normal lives if they weren't in areas that were being actively bombarded there yeah. were a lot of changes but a lot of normal stuff happened too i i don't think i was telling my kids also like i don't think there's ever been there's been nothing quite like this in the history of the world and yeah. that is a weird feeling um and then I've also been quoting Gandalf to my children you know my my younger said something along the lines of yeah it's just great that we have to live through it and I was like well you know I, I'm quoting this wrong I'm sure it's it's we don't get to choose the time in which we live
1: yeah
2: and I, uh, and, I and it's like I got an exact Gandalf <laughs> but I just, feels way too profound right yeah. now. I
1: thought there was going to be, you, sh- you shall not pass. <laughs> <Or something. laughs>
2: that's the only quote, Gandalf quote okay, I can yeah, think you, of.
0: I was going to say, I think, I think uh, more, more likely it would be, fly, you fools, fly. That's what we should put on the beaches.
2: Uh, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, I, well, I yeah. I love their company's attitude. This is, I mean, you are all, so many companies are not prepped for this and Ghostory yeah. sounds like you have developed a culture Of uh, like support and collegiality plus the flexibility that, you know, this is a transition for you all, of course, but it's not like shattering as it will be for some companies that, I mean, Apple, for instance, and, you know, Apple's is an, ex- as we know, is an extremely well-run company in many ways. They are a cash machine. Um, they're doing a lot of the right things in this outbreak, whatever, but they have this incredible assist- uh, insistence that people not work from, they get people who don't need to be in an office to come into Cupertino or offices in other cities. And so this is a, a vast shift for almost everyone in Apple and a non-retail job uh, at any of their major uh, locations being told, Hey, you got to work from home. They're like, well, I've been asking you for yeah. 15 years. Now you
0: say, <laughs> <laughs> now you say I can go home. Yeah. I mean, uh, 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 what, I've read a lot of people, um, and, you know, people who I, uh, I follow and kind of, you know, respect their opinion. People like Stephen Sinofsky and, um, mm-hmm. you know, Benedict Evans and, and Ben Behar and, and a lot of people like that who've been saying, you know, if this, if this drags on as long as some people suspect it might, but you know, by which, you know, maybe till September, maybe longer, um... This could have a profound effect, actually, on a lot of companies and the way they even view how people need to work. And um, it it reminds me, in some respects, uh, here in here in the UK, there was a period in the sort of early late seventies, early eighties, when. Um, people like my father all worked in London. You know, everybody travelled, mm. not everybody, but vast numbers of people travelled into London because there were huge offices there. I mean, my father was a graphic designer and, you know, just had a small studio. But even so, in those days, you know, you wanted to be in London. Um, and there came point in the sort of end of the 70s when the um, the rent, the business rates and the rent oh, yeah. on offices skyrocketed. Um, and that kind of coincided with the introduction of the fax machine, uh, although the fax machine is quite an old technology to the point where you know where fax machines came down to sort of a thousand pounds where pretty much any business could buy one, and at that point, there was a huge exodus from london big lots oh. and lots of big companies i 'm um, not saying that they dispersed their workers, but uh, people like um uh, sort of merchant banks and and insurance companies and people like that who had you know maintained offices in the city, suddenly went we can't afford this and they moved all of their offices out into the you know outlying area maybe forty fifty miles away moved to places like Staines and Chelmsford and. And Oxford, and whatever, because they realized <laughs> that people were probably travelling from those areas to get to the city to sit in offices where the ground rent was you know a hundred pound a month for the space of an office bin, and um, <laughs> that if they relocated their offices you know to outside of uh, the greater London area, they could have these offices for much less overhead um. And I'm just wondering, you know, and so are, you know, a lot of these analysts saying this could, you know, this could be the straw that um, provokes that kind of landslide in the, you know, the way companies think about how people need to work. And that maybe a lot of companies, if it goes on long enough, will think, well, do we really need these cube farms where, you know, where everybody sits in their little box uh, at, their, at their PC? You know, is that really yeah. necessary? Um, I think
1: it's also with the schools, too. Like, this is going to open up doors for, um, you know, they just it's going to change the way scholastic stuff is done. Mm -hmm. Like if you shift more online, I mean, if anybody's taking an online course, I took an online course. I am not the correct demographic for a person to take an online course because I wait to the last minute and then I'm like, Holy crap. I got like 17 hours worth of stuff to do. (laughs) I just, I just, sometimes I'm not, not well managed that way, but if that's the new norm, then so be it. But the ability for some school, some, maybe even like, you know, university level classes that, Don't necessarily provide all on classes, but now they might, and so you could have, you know, a Harvard student living in Ohio getting a full-fledged Harvard degree that didn't go to heart, you know, didn't actually step foot on campus and anywhere else, you know, like that. Um, Just showing that 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 those options are there and forces a lot of schools that maybe couldn't afford it or didn't want to throw the money into it. Now they will need to. And then that'll open up different doors to certain other level demographic, like, um, like financial demographic students to, to do other things and ha- take advantage of other stuff. So there's a pro and a con obviously, but you know, I think that, you know, some of the schools that were kind of dragging their feet to go online, this is going to kick them into into high gear and maybe provide some more Services and opportunities for that weren't already weren't there yet for other people. So
2: I think you're both absolutely right. Is I think once the genie is out of the bottle, uh, I mean it's one thing if this were worse for everybody. The question is right? Is is this going to be better for a lot yeah. of people, a lot of companies? Even in the middle, I mean it's not immediately because there's too much disruption. People have stress and anxiety and fear for their jobs. I mean once like the thing that for me that's going to be interesting is also is um, I know there's a proposal in the UK. I think in uh, Denmark, there's some efforts underway in the US. It's unclear if they'll get through. Even as we're talking, I think it's being negotiated in which the government's going to pick up a big hunk. Of, we'll, we'll either make guaranteed loans to certain industries, or we'll pick up a huge chunk of salary. I think in the UK, isn't the proposal the government might pay 75
0: percent of um, wages? The like that they <clears throat> the government proposal is <clears throat> excuse me is that they will. Uh, pick up 80 percent of uh salary Mm or for for workers who are um you know forced to be laid off um for the period you know that they are forced to be laid off the the idea is that um rather than i don't know say a car plant rather than a car plant having to say right we're going to lay you all off they they've got what they're calling a job retention scheme which means if they have to mm-hmm. shut the shut the car plant down and nobody's able to go to work uh, and produce any cars those people will get paid um the proposal is that they would receive at least 80% of their normal um remuneration paid for by the government um until such time as the uh you know plant can be opened and they can all go back to work um So that's mostly, obviously, around um, you know, a trying to remove people's uh, stress levels because Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) you know, nobody likes the idea of what happens if I get laid off and I've got no money. Um, And of course, also protecting the economy because if you had a. a a massive event like that where loads of companies went under and loads of people were therefore effectively, you know, had no income, um, the economy would collapse. You'd be looking at a, you know, you'd be looking at dust bowl depression era disaster. I'm Um, so
2: glad to see this this thinking happening. And uh, the difference, I think one of the proposals in the U S is that people wouldn't be, well, see, I don't know about for factories, but if uh, one of the proposals underway here, and I believe this is what was enacted in Denmark, very quickly is that companies wouldn't be allowed to lay people off, basically, if they took the government aid. And uh, so the salaries would be supplemented. So in Denmark, I think it's literally – the company only has to pay 25% or less of the salary to keep people working. So they'll still come in the offices, but if the company's revenue is dramatically reduced, that doesn't help. You don't need to make cars, you know, cars are, the manufacturing thing is going to be tricky, right? Or in airlines, if you're not flying planes, then you need to pay people some kind of unemployment benefit. Um, but I'm wondering, so Mike, my, my, the reason I bring it up though is, uh, does this change the relationship between you and your employer? If your employer is told they can't, Fire you except for cause. It probably will be in the U.S. We have, you know, these policies of at-will firing, and it not in every state and not in every circumstance. But if you can be fired for any reason or no reason, and then suddenly your employer gets a bailout and it says you must be cause, and these are the reasons of cause like dereliction of duty, abuse, blah blah, then you. Suddenly, as you're a home worker and you may have leverage in a position where you felt afraid uh, because you might have been fired or whatever, this may redefine everyone's relationships. I mean, not everyone will have that deal, but homework is going to redefine people's relationship with work. And those deals are going to redefine in places that don't have strong labor protections, may redefine people's relationship with their boss or their company. And I don't think you can put that in the bottle. So there's all the – you know, the U.S., we are so – non-worth focus it's we may get um if what if uh, uh, paid medical leave becomes a thing for x months or whatever how do you take that away from people that will be politically very unpopular so and and also now seems totally heedless like oh my goodness we should have had this in place even from purely mercenary reasons because it protects the population at large it protects the wealthiest and the poorest you know uh, homeless policies, uh, there's issues. New York City has long been under a mandate that everyone who has no home has to be housed every night. And this sometimes comes at great cost. And some people refuse to be housed and they can. In Seattle, only half people, half the people, there's about 11,000 people the last few weeks ago who don't have homes in our county. And um, only half of them are housed every night. So what if that becomes, I mean, I'm getting beyond the work situation, but we may have a whole redefinition of of work life balance, of school, of like distance learning, on site learning. The colleges are going to have these, are going to hemorrhage money from this because they're right now applying for getting acceptances uh, in, in America to colleges. So, do they get an acceptance? And then, what if colleges can't start in September? What if they can only start in January because we're still dealing, you know, we don't have enough of the medical things in place. So, um, what if you have to work from home Pete for, I mean, I know your situation, you have a history of it, but what if everyone, it goes through, everyone at Apple who does not need to go to an office is working at home for a year all yeah. these things, you know, they're all in the realm of possibility right now. And, and so I agree with both of you. I don't, think, I don't think there's a turning back. You can't say, all right, we've all got a vaccine now. We're just going to go back and do exactly what we did before. And I find that, I know there's terrifying things ahead. There's displacement, there's unemployment, there's death. But I also think it's exciting to think about the fact that things that weren't working for a lot of people could actually be changed and fixed as an outgrowth, as one positive outgrowth of this.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, you, you gotta kind of hope for a silver lining in in some of it. And um, yeah, I mean the the fact that this could be the new norm for the next you know six months, year, who knows? No, I think like you know it's some like
2: period of time we don't know. No one knows. You have yeah. to just
1: kind of dig in and just be you know appreciative and thankful that if you do work for a company that is being you know riding the the side of keep your keep your employees happy safe and healthy then you're in a good spot you know like my my wife's a nurse and she's going out every day and she's working in the hospitals and so it's like i you know she's running ragged already and she's not even in a hospital where it it, you know it's a it's a long-term acute care hospital so Mm -hmm. it's not like immediate emergency room scenarios but they're still on the phone every day talking about what they're going to do when they get the first you know, case of an, of an elderly person that comes in their door that ha- tests positive. And so, um, you know, I, I feel very fortunate that my company is doing this and has, has always been very, um, very flexible and just making sure that everybody, you know, a happy employee works harder than a... Than a, pissed off, <laughs> than a pissed off person that has to, you know, do what, do whatever, you know, we, we, nobody really works because they want to, they work because, I mean, unless you get to be, you know, work in the field that you've always dreamed of, or you get to be a rock star and you do all the things that you've ever wanted, but most of us find something that they're, you know, quasi good at and can d- dig in and, and you do, you do the job. And so um, being forced to do something that's crazy like that is, is, adds to the stress of everything. So hopefully... Can I just point out,
2: too, the funny Please. thing about that, too, which is I, I have this theory. I think humans were designed to have occupation, like, thing to do, not a job, right? Right. We just... We just... Most people, most human beings, you go into... Um, you know, they find tribes that have been disconnected from the rest of the world forever, right? And people do stuff, and some of it's for survival, but often they're doing things that have nothing to do with survival. They have culture and dance and music, or okay. they create things, right? And it's just for that. So I think we need occupation. So I've been setting this thing up with uh, my wife and I with uh, our kids. Is we're like, you need to do four hours of work a day on weekdays, uh-huh. and that could be any kind of thing. And my older. Is disappointed because he's in all these uh, musical ensembles and it's very uh-huh. hard. To do that. So he's practicing. He's got things. He's still getting uh, AP chemistry homework. Is coming home, uh, not homework, but study because you know. So he's actually got a full plate from high school. My younger has been doing, uh, has had a just kind of rough middle school year, which is not unusual for middle school. The kind right. of twelve-year-old age is a tough time to be in school period, but right. the school's been full of tumult and getting good grades and so people are ignoring him in school right because he's getting good grades but here's the thing he is um so delighted he is like practically cackling every day that he doesn't have to go into school and is doing some substantive interesting things that's setting his own curriculum and i'm thinking this actually is a great work application too right is that people who are subject to endless meetings and other stuff and some nonsense at work they are suddenly so some people are like wow this is really hard to get my work done at home and in, in everyone's going to most people will miss the socializing almost everybody in a job as somebody they like right it's usually yeah, not yeah. even a company that is not as well uh, run as ghostery. um but you will set your own agenda to some extent not having somebody ostensibly looking over your shoulder probably even with zoom and other video conferencing software you're probably doing fewer meetings because they're not they're you know they're a little different right so i also see this as you know it's that genie in the bottle is how do you recapture people in the old structure once they've been able to enjoy their job more yeah um will people actually be even in the middle of stress will they be happier with work because they are not subject to the kinds of constraints at work yeah yeah, yeah no like
0: yeah now go on pete
1: oh, i was gonna say i mean i i agree wholeheartedly that you know once you've let people kind of see what it's what they're what a uh, freeing of their, of their schedule. I mean, some people waste, you know, four hours a day on a commute, you know, and that, exactly. that takes, that takes that out of you just mm-hmm. mentally. I mean, i I'm, when I worked in DC, I mean, as the crow flies, I lived, you know, three miles from my office, but it used to take me an hour and a half to get there, you know? So oh it was gosh. like, it was ridiculous, you know, three different trains and park at the spot and get there and all that kind of good stuff. I mean, down here, it only takes me 20 minutes to get to my office, but what, you know, our, senior vice president of engineering lives way out at the, you know, farthest tip of Brooklyn. It takes them two hours to get in, you know? So um, it's just, uh, you know, I, I agree. It's like once you kind of let people see what, how the other, the other side of working, how do you get people excited to go back and sit at their desk at their office again? Um, <laughs> you know, what I, right now I, 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 built out, I, we had a, we have a third floor walk up attic. Um, and so I, I had, kind of built out a where I was I'm a failed musician by by trade, but uh I built <laughs> out I have a recording studio in my attic. And so oh, now I I've moved my office to there so that I have a, a you know a A place where I can just go and close the door and work but I do have a drum set right next to me so when I get frustrated all of a sudden I'm playing drums to Led Zeppelin 4 for the next hour (laughs) rather than doing something else but it makes making some of these videos that I'm working on right now uh, a lot easier because my microphones sound a lot better than they did before because then I can just use all my studio stuff and you know all the background music I just decide I'm just going to write it all myself and record it all myself oh, that's you know so you get to be you know you get to add a little bit more creativity into your day-to-day which i hope some people are finding the ability to do that you know hopefully we don't lose our all, all of our sense of self when when we are just kind of by ourselves and, and isolated
0: so and uh, i don't go ahead, I, I should say the, the, the other thing is like you're talking about people doing you know these long commutes um mm-hmm. Not, not only is that something that if, if you don't have to do that for six months and then you find yourself oh, getting in a car and yeah. having two hours to work, you are going to be kind of thinking, really, is this really uh-huh. necessary? Uh. And let's face it, you know, we all know we should not be driving as much. We need to be, you know, burning less fossil fuels. We need to be doing less. And so, you know, maybe the the whole kind of, um, you know, what is it, the sort of co-shared local workspace, you know, once the whole <clears throat> kind of social distancing, oh my god don't go near anybody in case you get infected thing is passed you know, mm-hmm. maybe, because people do need you know, social interaction, people do need to yeah. have, um, you know, not not everybody is is built to spend most of their time in their own office alone, but I, I could see that being something that, that springs up more as well, so that you have kind of, people are going, leaving their house to go to work, but where they're going is some kind of communal office but it's doesn't you know it's not necessarily belonging to any one company it's just a load of people who are effectively remote working they just happen to be remote working from an office building which is um Uh this whole kind of i can see a lot of decentralization coming out of this you know if it goes on long term and maybe you know maybe for the good uh you know like like you were saying hopefully there is some kind of silver lining we can get out of it. i mean i saw somewhat humorously but somebody commented on um on twitter again the other day it was like uh, bc has now been redefined as before corona and uh ad AD is uh, you know after december 2019 oh my gosh (laughs) you know this is uh i I have a bad (laughs) pun that i just coined in my head that i'll tell
2: you in a second but it's partly i think i think the idea of like these uh, I've I've had a lot of shared spaces, uh, shared office spaces with other freelancers in my time. So I've uh, been at home for about ten years, but I had I was in four different offices over a number of years with anywhere from you know uh, four to ten other people. Usually, all of us pursuing our own separate businesses and sometimes working together, and that was really great. It was kind of informal co working, and then I was in a co working space for know, six to eight months. It was hard because they didn't have partitions, but I really enjoyed it. And it just in the end, it just made more sense to working at home. Uh, and so I've been doing that now for several years, again, full-time. But uh, there's an article, uh, just uh, as we record this a few days ago, in Wired, an interview with Larry Brilliant, who has a great name. And he's one of the world's leading experts. Uh, he's like an epidemiologist and public health expert. He's one of the people who helped eradicate smallpox. His uh, Siva Institute has helped save uh, the the site of millions of people worldwide and you've this like list and you're like, is this really a real person? Is this real? And you check, you're like, no, this guy has really done it. So Wired interviewed him and said, okay, what's the deal with, you know, the, the future, because you've gone through all these pandemics and epidemics and SARS and whatever. And he said, one of the, one of the things he said was that he thinks um, the idea that it thinks uh, I think In the early days, like a few months ago, being in the early days, it seemed like once you'd been infected with uh, the coronavirus, there was some concern whether you might be able to be reinfected. That seems to have been dispelled now. The early research just two months ago, literally, they may not have waited for people to have been uh, fully gotten over the disease or... had done they did the testing badly because there was chaos right so he believes that the evidence is pointing that you'll achieve immunity after contracting it so he's suggesting there'll be uh, essentially almost a class of people maybe you'll wear a wristband maybe you'll have like id cards that will be like i'm no longer able to be infected or be infectious so he's wash your hands and do all that stuff but i'm thinking maybe we'll have instead of co-working we're going to have covid working spaces which is places (laughs) that people will be will go who have been essentially vetted to be disease free and they may work for all different or not disease free but have essentially immunity conferred having got it because in a few months it could be tens of millions of people have recovered from it successfully and most of them will have had mild cases many will have had almost no symptoms But once there's testing so that is a whole new method of work too so maybe you're a home worker and suddenly you're like oh i got it i'm healthy i got my test i have my id card that says covid you know antibodies present and then you go into a facility that may be set up, probably maybe not by government, probably some combination of public-private where you can work alongside other people and you know you're not worried, or or you can work in, in medical care. I'm thinking, oh my God, all the nurses and doctors and medical professionals who will be exposed to it, and it's which is a terrible thing because of the protective lack of protective equipment that's available. I'm very concerned for your wife and, and many people. And a number of those people will recover and then they will be the golden medical professionals will be the ones who can go in with a flimsy mask because they're not going to get COVID, you know, COVID-19. So anyway, but I think that's going to be something as this starts to shake out, that you will see people who are testably immune now before there's a, a vaccine, and those people will have a different relationship to work. If school teachers who are now immune, can they be back in the classroom with, teach, with students who are carefully prepared to not spread virus? All these things are going to emerge over time. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think it's going to have a huge impact because, as you say, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's, um, you know, well, nobody, because, you know, the last, you know, the last pandemic of this kind of, you know, well, I won't say severity because it was much more severe, but we've talked about the, mm-hmm. you know, 1919 flu epidemic, which obviously was far more serious because, it. yeah, you know, we we've not had anything like that um, in our lifetimes not well basically not in several generations it's um, it's going to mark society in ways we can't even um, imagine yet I think
2: yeah I hope I kind of sound I sound too upbeat sometimes about it because I know a lot of people are going to die and, it's, and it is causing economic devastation and sometimes I'm a little bit too well that's all going to happen there's not nothing we can do about that maybe as individuals it's very hard we can take our own actions so I keep thinking to the what is life like after 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 disease right or ad period uh what uh uh, what happens when we can go back to not normal but what is a new normal is that going to be better or worse and economically it's going to be very difficult depending on what decisions governments make and and a lot of other factors but i do think um i hope for a better world after this which is maybe a little too um messianic (laughs) or something but uh Uh, not exactly the way it's all we're all here in this earth i'm not talking about a next life but just this one and uh i think that's actually i'll I'll circle back to my book and say that's one reason why i wrote the book because i wanted people to feel like there's a pathway through so when you feel helpless sometimes getting very specific advice about what to do you know um, I, i had cancer over 20 years ago and i felt for about two days, miserable. And then I got a little more information. And even though it wasn't in my control, I could make some decisions, decisions about treatment, but it was pretty straightforward. I suddenly felt like, oh, okay, most of this is out of my control. And that's great. But I understand what's about what's going to happen. I know what the process I'm going to go through. And for some reason, I found that very stirring. <laughs> so the same token, like this book is, and, and all the advice you all are giving, and people are giving so freely online, is, um, is everything is upturned, but there are things you can do for yourself and that's what will help you get through this period by by taking care of yourself by f- making a workspace um i got a lot of tips from people about just like the idea of taking breaks where if you're at work things sort of happen normally you get up you walk around people come over and talk to your boss wants a meeting you go out for lunch and with all that out of the way are you you know are you supposed to sit at your badly designed chair for four hours and take 30 minutes off in another four hours or work a 12 hour day. Cause you don't have a commute. And it's like, no, 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 no. You gotta, you have to figure out a new way of working. And, and I think the advice I got that I represent in the book from a lot of people is just that you have to take care of yourself in this. You have to take breaks. Your employer has to be understanding because everyone's going through this. Um, as you figure out a new way of, of working. You know, you, you don't have an obligation to kill yourself through work just because you're working at home and, and everyone's under stress.
0: It, it, it's interesting that because um, although it's, it comes from a completely different end of the telescope as it was, but Bob, Bob Levitas, obviously, who does mm-hmm. the, um, you know, working smarter um, and kind of how to stay focused, um courses because as he says he himself is a terrible um adhd uh, kind of personality and you know the biggest Uh problem with uh, adhd is oh squirrel um Uh so he's over the years refined all these techniques about how to stay on task to do this to do that but one of his big things is about you know blocking out time which is like do this for this amount of time i will do this task then i will take a break then i will go and get a coffee you know, and, and eat a biscuit. And then I'll come back and I'll do the next block of thing because that helps him to stay focused. But at the same time, it also, um, as he said, it reinforces your why. Why am I doing this? I'm doing this because if I complete this hour of writing and whatnot, then I can go and have a coffee and a chocolate biscuit. Uh-huh. Um, from In his original point is, you know, if you're terribly ADHD, you don't want to get involved with displacement activities, which is a terrible way of getting drawn into procrastination. Is I will do that. Well, I'll just go and make a cup of coffee. And have a biscuit and then on the way back oh, well i'll just tidy this bookcase for a completely different reason um he has this one of his biggest tenets is this blocking out time to do things structure you know he's written that and and come up with those strategies to help him stay on task and to stay focused and to work smarter they also apply if you're working from home because structure is important everything everybody i've read or seen talking about you know if you're new to working from home it's about that it's like get up get dressed have your breakfast then go to your workstation don't get drawn into oh well i'll just check the email before i even have my first cup of coffee because that's a terrible habit to get into and you'll get drawn into sitting at your workstation possibly in your dressing gown for four hours um (laughs) Yes, absolutely. You know, and as you say, and then because one thing and another thing and then and then you get a Zoom call and you haven't brushed your hair and you're still in your dressing gown, you know, this is all not not good these are the things you need to avoid so um
2: i think bob's advice right everybody has adhd right now and i don't mean that blithely. because i know it's a it's a diagnosis and i have people in my family with it uh who who struggle to to figure out a structure for the life but i think all people forced to work but at home should think about it as if they were suddenly given a diagnosis of this because what we're what you go through in that transition is exactly that because you suddenly all your routines are broken you can feel most people will feel useless or sorts and not productive and maybe even bad about themselves. So I think Bob's advice theres a lot of ADHD advice out there. Bob's is very, very good for technology people in particular. He understands that really well, but good for everybody. And um, it's, I think it's a great resource when you're trying to figure that out from scratch is to, is to assume that you have a broken, Ability to maintain attention or even hyper-focus, the opposite, right, which is also part of it, where you focus too much and you don't, you know, you're sitting there with cold coffee in your dressing gown for four hours. uh, That's why I now eat breakfast
0: before I start computing. For just that reason. yeah there we go well glenn i know you had a, a bit of a deadline so if you if you need to get off just shout and you can give the people a shout out to uh where you are and we'll let you go and uh pete and i will carry on after we've refreshed our beverages if that's uh if that's all right with you i,
2: yeah, I should i appreciate thank you so much for letting me be on the show um i am feel very privileged to have the Time and opportunity, and a supportive publisher, to give a book away that I hope will help people. And uh, it's hilariously one of the most popular books I ever wrote. So I should just write more books for free, clearly. <laughs> um, and get- it's funny that, though, isn't it? It's funny how free free books sell. <laughs> it's true, but I've never felt better about anything I've written, so that's the other part too. Uh, so, takecontrolbooks.com, it's a free book. You click and download it. Uh, Simon mentioned in passing that I uh, am of a print and type background, and I am currently making tiny type museums full of genuine printing and type artifacts. TinytypeMuseum.com, you can go look at photos. Um, it's a weird thing to try to. Uh, to sell at this point in time, most of them are actually sold, so it's kind of a, it's a soft sell thing. But uh, but there's some great pictures if you love type and printing history. I've been taking pictures of stuff uh, that I've acquired, and, and at type museums and print museums on my Flickr account that you can access through there. So if you love that kind of stuff, um, there's no obligation to buy anything. Absolutely, just go and look at pictures of beautiful uh, things from the 19th century and 20th century that were were used to stick ink onto paper, as people yeah,
0: sometimes good. still do. <laughs> I did have a look. It's very nice. You know, it's a nice little wooden... box with drawers containing things like uh, some metal type and a slug of lino type, hot metal such things Don't know I think I might have I, I might have spied a compositors stick and it comes with a book of course doesn't it explaining what all the pieces are and uh... yes.
2: and ironically the book because it's so hard to get hot metal you can still get hot metal typesetting done in various places but I wanted to both get it set in hot metal and printed by letterpress so I contracted with somebody in um in London, actually, a fellow on uh, Pension Lane in London, which is in, um, oh, I've forgotten the part of town, and uh, it's just north of the Thames, and this fellow who's been printing for decades and still runs Letterpress, but also they're doing some digital printing in his group now. It's a very small company, and he, his former assistant, Uh, bought his monotype hot metal gear a few years ago when he had to downsize space because of the rents in London, as I'm sure you're well aware. And uh, so the book was typeset in hot metal using authentic equipment in North Yorkshire. It was printed in London and it is being bound currently in Germany because that is the only way to get the book (laughs)
0: Done, which is ridiculous, but also wonderful, so it's, oh, there you go and if you need uh small runs of hand uh case bound uh books done uh Glenn, get in touch with me. I know a man who does such things i, w- I will we couldn't find
2: anybody in the whole of the u k My printer called around for this relatively uh, it's a anyway, I won't go to the technical details, but it was hilarious, so we wound up the the uh, family run company in Germany uh that uh, has been very delightful to deal with is doing the work. And um, they, are, they are pulling through over there too. Factories have not been shut down in Germany. So they are apparently uh, binding the book as we speak. There you go.
0: That, that's very uh, thank good. You, sorry, and thank you so much for having me on. This has been a real pleasure. No, th- thank you for coming on. And uh, John Nemo said that I must mention to you that uh, some years ago, he sat in front of you uh, at a Macworld um, keynote and apparently, you were typing so furiously on your Mac at the time that sparks and smoke were coming out. Nemo is Nemo is such a wonderful person. He's always been so
2: supportive. He is the he's the nicest guy. I, I spotted. I've forgotten the the my Mac connection and uh, and please send my best to if John, if you're listening to this, hello. Yeah, I'm my best, or otherwise, let him know. he's yeah. the best.
0: Um, and I'll put a link to the book binder in the uh in the chat for you. Excellent. I will make a note of that for my friend, the printer too. <laughs> Our book binding, and he's a one man band, bespoke hand case binding of book. Um, he does um obviously you know small quantities uh for the sort of thing that you'd be interested in probably he also does book restorations um you know things like mm-hmm. uh, people bringing things like you know victorian family bibles and whatnot that are in a terribly poor state with all the binding falling off and what oh, yes. uh, yeah. he w- he will rebind them all in leather and um you know with gold blocking and all that sort of thing if that's what you require i'm making that no- there's a shout out to matt at our book binding there you go for uh, traditional hand-bound, case-bound books and repairs thereof. Right. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I would like to get a cup of tea. I think Pete um, and I will uh, go and get a cup of tea while you hop off. Uh, Glenn, thank you Great. so much for coming on. It's been thank fabulous. Thank you very much.
2: Nice to meet you, Pete. You too. Nice take time. care of yourself. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you all
0: another time. All right, then, Glenn. Bye. Bye. All right, Pete, would you want to take five, get a cup of coffee? Yeah. Sounds good. and we're back uh thank you to glenn for coming on and uh pete is still here with me and now we're going to uh have a chat about um ghostry and ghostry midnight and uh clicks browser and uh, you know what's been going on with pete um and then we'll probably wrap up with a quick glance at the stories of the week um and sign off but uh first of all of course pete so um Obviously, you were going to come on the show uh, before Christmas, and um, I understand you had some kind of family emergency, so we won't need to get into that, but um, (laughs) you weren't able to come on, um, which is, you know, one of those things, but you're here now, um, and perhaps at uh, a time... When um, defenses like Ghostry have never been more needed. So um, please, you know, fill us in about um, Ghostry Midnight and uh, what's going on with Ghostry in general. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Well, I can, let's, we'll work from the top and work our way down. So uh, Ghostry, the company, I mean, we've, we've been growing, we're, we're hiring, we're, you know, we're expanding. So we're, seeing the need for more developers and all sorts of good things. So for us as a company, uh, things are, things are going well, um, which is great. And our parent company clicks is doing the same. They're hiring and expanding and doing, doing great things over there. Um, we've kind of we're handed the keys to the car back in March and said, you know, let's go off. And we've kind of broken out certain products within the clicks, um, chart, um, So Ghostry is, is working on its own initiatives and then clicks has a few other initiatives that they're working on and they're all working kind of in, in parallel, but also as a whole to, to kind of make one, one big, great privacy and security solution. Um, you know, all of us have the same goal in mind is to keep, keep people online safe and happy and secure. Um. So the the big one that we've been pushed through from our consumer side of products is Ghostly Midnight, and that is out and about, and people are using it, and we're really excited with the responses we're getting, and and it's it, for me being with the company for eight years, it's kind of a culmination of things that I, I've wanted to see for a long time, and so um, we're finally I'm finally seeing it out there, and it's exciting um, for those. Those who don't know Street Midnight is kind of is our desktop privacy suite. Um, it's it's uh, up to three different devices. Um, it's a VPN, ad blocker, and everything. And it's at your network level. So any of the apps that you're installing on your laptop, um, anything that's running through, like Spotify, you name it, uh, it all those are doing some sort of data collection, and we'll actually block all of that data traffic at the network level, uh, which is, which is great. So if you have ghostry, the extension working within, within the browser for, for more fine tuned settings and then ghostry midnight, you can use them in tandem. You can use them separate. You can use one or the other. It's just an option. You know, we've always said that ghostry is a nice Swiss in the Swiss army knife of online security. I like to say ghostry is the toothpick because it's the most helpful. You never know you need it until you need it, you know? And so um, I, that's,
0: take that for what you want yeah Um, i mean yeah so we're yeah i mean i've been using you know the ghostery safari extension um Mm -hmm. since i discovered it uh, uh, i don't know how many years ago now but um yeah some years probably five maybe i've been using the Mm -hmm. ghostery um safari extension and uh, of course i you know recommend it to all and sundry um because Let's face it, the ghostry extension, whether it's for Firefox or, or whatever, um, it's easy to install. Uh, you know, once it's it's like a, you know, fire and forget, um, once you've set it mm-hmm. up, you don't have to worry about it. Um, yep. So I think that that's a fabulous product, and I've been using that and recommending it for many years. Now, uh, obviously, the Midnight, um, when we uh, took a look at the, you know, the beta and the uh, initial launch, me and the guys here, we felt it was... Uh, very much a you know an all-in-one solution um i have to admit you know that myself and you know some of the other guys who come on the show here opted not to go forward with it not because it's not a good product but because we are probably not its target audience we are you know most of us already paying for a vpn most of us already right. have, you know, ad blocking solutions and, right. um, you know, network monitoring. I use Lulu, obviously, you know, another very popular one is um, uh, little snitch, you know, there's, yeah. Yeah. those sort of things, um, yeah. which, you know, we're already invested in. We already have a, a kind of um, ecosphere of, you know, ad blockers and, and VPNs and, and so on. Um, we felt, and, you know, feel free to tell me I'm not correct here, but we, Got very much the impression that Ghostry Midnight was probably aimed at the sort of person who would probably never normally think about a VPN. Who, you know, I was thinking very much sort of people my parents age, people who are perhaps a little less tech savvy and you know it's a product where basically you know you take out your subscription you install it you set it up and then you can pretty much forget about it um you know is that is that you know is that really is that what you um kind of where you were pitching it or am i you know misrepresenting it or
1: no that's totally fair um you know there is that demographic of of internet user that just doesn't know about some of this stuff and we wanted to provide a solution that kind of had not only your network safety in mind so your data collection in mind so for some that don't really understand the concept of of extension and just you know don't want to go through the habit or the hassle of installing and maintaining it here's another option that gives you that still that level of security plus a little bit extra. You know, I I've wanted a VPN um, as an option uh, through ghost in some way, shape or form for a while. And so th- this just kind of made sense to go that route. Uh, you're totally right. The, there are users that use no script that use, that have their own VPN that, that understand the ecosystem a little bit more than others. And you already have your, your recipe and secret sauce for being um, anonymous online. And your ghostry midnight probably isn't for you, but if you are waiting for a VPN from a, from a company that you know is on the side of trying to keep things safe and secure, um, you know, the ghostry brand is known to be on the side of, of the people. And so uh, a VPN provided by a ghostry might be enticing for, for some, for some people to jump, jump ship and come on over. And plus, if you already have an ad blocker built in, then that means you don't have to run so many other, um, extensions in your machine and you know it could declutter stuff but there's any there's a laundry list of reasons why you should or you shouldn't um it's just you know is this the right is this the right option for you if it is we hope you come check it out and if it's not we understand go you
0: know, keep going with what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, I did install the beta, and yes, there were some bugs in the beta. There were a couple of things yeah. that gave me grief, but that's what betas yep. are for. You know, that yeah, is, exactly. that yeah. is, you know, this is something I try and express to people all the time. You know, well, well it had a bug in it. Yes, it's a beta. That's the point. Yeah. we're supposed to to find the bugs so that exactly
1: exactly that's why i mean the one thing that is amazing about you know working with ghostry is that we have a very vocal and very active community i mean like i'm the director of community and support my job is just to keep people that are using the products you know i always say my job is to take care of everything post-release and the rest of the company is to is in charge of doing everything pre-release so my job is to make sure that everybody is happy or they have a voice or if they have a problem that it gets to the right place. You know, I, I go out and I talk to the community about ghostry. Um, We started this university partnership where we actually go to universities and give a tech talk about, about internet tracking. It's not even a pitch about our products. It's just that, these are the these are the students that are going to be building the next great big thing. So let's give them an idea, a snapshot of what it's like to be online and tracking, so that this type of user security is built into the framework of the products ahead of time, rather than it being an afterthought, which is where we find ourselves now. Um, and so we 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 get that feedback. We we're making updates daily to this product. Um, you know that's why we keep the beta stamp on there because. We are we are finding things every day? We have, I mean, our support team is great. And as we find a bug that's there, boom, goes right to our developer. They look at it and then they start working on a solution right away. So we, we want to make this a seamless product. You'll never make a seamless product for something that blocks something that's running on a web page because some web developers build stuff into their into their code so that if this tracker doesn't run, the whole page works. And it's like that's – you can't account for that. And unfortunately, that's just a level of education for people that use these products to understand that, oh, it's not ghostry breaking this page. It's ghostry blocking this one tracker because the web developer did a shortcut and requires this one tracker to be there. So it's like are you more concerned with the data tracking on the web page or are you more concerned with – reading this one comment you know it's like certain there has to be a trade-off and and right there that's just an educational um thing that we have to understand that certain things on the web are built certain ways and you can't have it both ways all the time you know well, so yeah,
0: very much and uh of course um you know obviously we have spent a lot of the show talking about covid19 and you know the, yeah. the resultant <laughs> working from home and and all that and um which is fine uh of course, uh, kind of um, commensurate with that I've seen numerous comments and articles um, saying you know now more than ever is the time that you should be worrying about getting a VPN you know now more than ever is the time that you should be making sure that your you know that your internet use is is secured Um, because Mm -hmm. if you're working from home now (laughs) what I do if I was working from home You know, I don't think that there's anything very much would be going backwards and forwards between me and my employer, which would be of any use to any any cyber criminals, right? Because what I do is very bespoke uh, jobs for, you know, local companies. Um, And, you know, we're not talking about doing internal documentation or anything secret. Most of what we print, obviously, is stuff which companies are about to then distribute to all and sundry to promote themselves. So... um. However, of course, you know, a lot of people may be dealing with internal documentation, uh, corporate, you know, information, uh, financial information. Um, Cyber criminals are, you know, rubbing their hands with glee at the um, Mm -hmm. expectation that there are going to be a lot of people working from home, uh, many of whom may not be as security savvy as perhaps they should be. Um, And that gives them the chance, of course, to um, get hold of all sorts of things for nefarious purposes, whether it's corporate information or, um, you know, financial information and, and all the rest. So, um, you know, there has never been uh, more need, really, for good, um, you know, good security products. So um,
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually working on a video right now. This kind of dovetails with what Glenn was talking about. A lot of what Glenn was talking about was, you know, your, your physical... Work from home, and um, the video I'm working on now is just your your digital work from home. I guess it's a nice way to say it. You know, there's certain things that you should do to make sure that your that your system is ready to go. You know, making sure you have two two factor authentication, you're using you know a VPN product to, to kind of secure whether or not your company provides you a VPN so you can remote access in and use their facilities, um, or if you're just using uh, Wi-Fi, some people are using Wi-Fi um, hotspots, um, but that also opens up the possibility of other people cracking in and using the same one and all sorts of things. So there's, um, there's a laundry list of additional things that you need to kind of take into account when you work from home that you normally wouldn't, um, and that would only make for a better you know, we say post-COVID that, you know, when, we, when society kind of returns some sort of normalcy and people go to coffee shops and start using their laptops again, maybe they'll be like, oh, well, what's different from me working from home and working in this coffee shop? I should really be using a VPN because those VPN, those, those Wi-Fi's are not secure. They're open. I mean, you can, I've gone into a Starbucks and just looked into seeing, seeing what I can see and it's ridiculous. So people don't take advantage of, of their own digital safety. So they need to um, take into account that, that that's happening not only out and about, but it, it's po- totally possible at home depending on how, how close you live to your neighbor. Um, I'm, I'm in a nice spot where I actually live out kind of in the woods, so I'm not so worried about somebody cracking into my Wi-Fi. I say good luck and go for it and do your best. But, um, you know, for, for folks that live in big cities and their, you know, apartments are paper thin walls, you know, if your Wi-Fi goes down, you open up your Wi-Fi, you know, at thing on your on your mac and you look and you can see a the complete list of everybody's wi-fi channels that are open and if there's yeah. not a lock on it you know you can jump in there <laughs> so uh-huh. just keep in mind that you know keeping yourself safe and secure is, is super important and that's kind of why we're you know with ghostry midnight right now since it is a vpn and security product we we're having we're doing a thing now where we're going to be opening it up for three months for free for anybody that that wants to use it. Um, you know, we're at Street. We, we talked earlier just about how the company itself tries to take care of our own, but we also want to take care of our fellow man. <laughs> so, um, you know, for those that don't have a solution for Street midnight is free for three months. When you go to check it out, you can go to ghostry.com slash midnight. There's a seven day, Um, kind of like starter trial period that you can just kind of see if it's the right solution for you. And if it is, um, you can enter in the coupon uh, work at home, all one word, and it'll give you the top tier access, complete feature list uh, for for three, three months total. Um, And that should get us, get us a little bit closer to hopefully normalcy. And if not, um, you know, we'll, we'll probably work on some other stuff there, but anybody who's in a situation where they're working from home and they need some sort of security, um, Please feel free to use the product, and we just know that we're we're all in this together, and we hope that uh, it's, it's something that you know we got enough to worry about. You shouldn't have to worry about being online and somebody stealing all your stuff. So just you be happy with it, and um, you know all we ask maybe send us some feedback and see what you like, and what you don't like, so we can help make it better.
0: Yep, and of course um, I can say I do know that the um, for example uh, midnight has a um, a user slash feedback forum yeah i believe yep. um that, yep. you know people can go in a normal kind of bulletin board forum manner and people can leave questions and yeah comments and uh so on and uh, if you want to track that and have um, replies and whatnot sent back to you you can or if you just want to visit it on the casual version mm-hmm.
1: our ghostry our our midnight product manager melissa is in that forum uh non-stop so you'll the responses are pretty quick and you can always hit us up at support at coaster.com for for any of that other stuff too but um all, all feedback is welcome because uh,
0: a better product
1: makes it better for everybody
0: very much and then of course if for those who who don't want to go the whole uh, midnight people like myself or other users who know already have a vpn who already have their preferred ad blockers and and so on uh there, there is of course the free ghostry
1: oh yeah yeah as always ghostry the ghostry browser extension is free and always will be free and is out there ready to roll we actually just put out a new release i can't remember what's in it but yep. we are making making new progress on that as well so um yeah that that is out there and ready to go
0: and um I believe there's now also a plus level to that if you
1: yeah, would. yeah, so yeah, so Ghostry plus is our two dollar tier. You get uh, priority support. There's some historical reporting. We just made a bunch of new um, skins for it. There's a dark mode. Um, so it's 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 the next level of we we've always had people say, "I love Ghostry. How can I help contribute?" And we just didn't really have any way of doing that. so plus is the nice, easy way to do that um, it's it's you know two dollars plus the the priority um, support you know we have a whole separate queue that gets answered right away um, you know we're, we're working on a whole bunch of new things that are going to be coming out here pretty soon um, you know I guess if you have to pick a silver lining here we're going to be doing a whole lot more uh, dev work because people are going to be glued, <laughs> glued to their screens for a long different an indefinite amount of time so um, we, we've got a bunch of cool things that we're um, that are on the on the uh, horizon for the extension plus we also have a um a kind of uh, professional tool called ghostry insights which um will help some websites that want to do good and speed up their site and make a better environment for the users that are using those uh ghostry insights gives you information about like the different the latency of the trackers who might have problems on your page to to kind of help speed up and clean up those websites as well. Um, that's not really the, the consumer side of things, but uh, it's still another pri- another tool that we've been working on. Um, but for the consumer side, Ghostry browser extension, like you said, the plus plus side of things is a is a is an easy way to to help help keep help keep our lights on, but also give you some some new new features that are fun to play with. And then pre- uh, Midnight is the the Mac Daddy product that we got rolling right
0: now. Excellent. And of course yep. uh you know we've mentioned clicks uh quite a lot Clicks of course, is your um parent company slash symbiotic twin call it what you will yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the makers yeah. the makers of um you know a privacy focused browser um Mm-hmm. with its own privacy focused search engine. Yep, yeah, they're and
1: they're they're building more tools out like that. Um our Ghostry browser extension utilizes the clicks technology for the anti-tracking system and our ad blocking system. Um those were all designed by by the clicks team and are just awesome. Um they they're working on a few other things over there. Like I said, they've split off some of their endeavors into different tracks but the privacy focused team uh is working on just making that browser um the best they can the best they can get it and they too are in a work from home scenario right now as well we've been their slack channel has been filled with seeing everybody's work from home setups um it's been fun kind of reconnecting with a lot of them uh seeing how everybody's doing but they're they're chugging away too so it's yeah Everybody's might be wearing more flannel sweatpants these days, but the output is still still there.
0: <laughs> I have to admit, I'm still a Safari user by default, but uh, Clicks is my my fallback fallback uh, nice. browser. Um, you know, if I have a problem with Safari uh, that doesn't want to play with a page, or um, sometimes something I'm not a hundred percent sure of. You know, if I get a link mm-hmm. and I'm going to be a bit leery, I'm not quite sure about that. I fire up Clicks and uh, nice. Use that to uh, check it out. Awesome. Well,
1: I'll let them know that. They'll be extremely happy to hear that. So,
0: People who listen to this show know, you know I'm very much in favor of people having a VPN, of having an ad blocker, of having a network monitor, of using secure services. And the one thing um, we say on this show is if you're going to install security products, Do your research and make sure they are from a reputable, reliable and uh, sound company. uh, Because as we reported last week, uh, another 20 alleged security products were pulled from Google and Apple, I believe, because they were actually harvesting people's data um, and sending them off to wherever, for the profit of the people running the so-called VPNs. And as uh, security yeah. researchers said, bad VPN is probably worse than no VPN at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just unfortunate that people use these opportunities to take advantage. And, I mean, it's history has shown that will never stop. <laughs> um, but... In it, but the only problem is, it just it gets worse and it gets more personal. The more that we, one thing we talk about in our university partnership is that your most the best commodity you have right now is your digital footprint. You know, so how much you put online directly correlates to how much somebody can actually get out of you. So keeping Indeed. those Indeed. Purse tights, those purse strings tight is important.
0: Uh, very much so, and uh, in fact, you tweeted over the last week or so a, a set of tweets didn't you keeping keeping an eye on your digital footprint i think there was a series yeah. of about eight top tips for uh controlling yeah. your digital footprint and mm-hmm. i was happy to um retweet to those to uh all and sundry some of them seem obvious to some of us and unless so for example you know if you If you join a bulletin board, maybe all you want to put on there is your username and maybe the country you live in and not much else. Do they really need to know your street address and, uh, you know, your marital status and your age and so on? (laughs) These things leak out. These things leak out. Um, Bizarrely, uh, in some ways, I, you know, I joined the internet. Sort of not quite the dawn of the internet, but... uh, In the days when a lot of providers were called things like dungeon.net and, uh, you know, um, in those days, bulletin boards were filled with people who all had nom de guerre, as it were. Nobody used their real name. Hence my tag, the at Serenac tag. Mm -hmm. In fact, when people like uh, Google and Facebook came along and said, oh, you know, fill out your profile. Give us your your age and your marital status and blah, 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 blah. People my age often were very leery of doing that. So, you know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, like those Facebook things were like, show us 10 years later. I was like, everybody is updating Facebook's age algorithm right now, their facial recognition algorithm. Like, here's you 10 years ago. Here's me now. Like, stop doing that. You know that there's a <laughs> there's a reason that some of these things shouldn't be done, but um, you know it's 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 just a different way of growing. Like for those of us who didn't grow up with this as a normal, like we're a little bit more hesitant. But for the folks that just don't know any other way of life, like that's just normal. That's just what you do, and that's the part that needs to be understood. That you no, know, there's a certain level of you that should remain you, and and other stuff that you share, and if you overshare like you can't be angry or pissed off when somebody uses that for evil because you're willingly putting that out online. So yeah. So any of those, um, you know, like the Instagram stuff where people just, you know, you're flat out, that's just your name right there. And you're giving in, in your bio, you're telling them your world. It's like, yeah, that's a way to open up, but it's also a way for you to open up and be taken advantage of. So you just need to be aware that there is a a, a good and evil in everything we do.
0: Yeah, that is true. Don't be too open. You can be It's exactly. <laughs> open, but not too open, you know. Um, exactly. Yeah. If, if you if you wouldn't walk down to the market square in your underwear, it's probably not a good idea to put a picture of yourself in your underwear anywhere yeah. online.
1: Yeah, and, I, and I'm guilty of it too. Like, you know, for people that don't realize that employers look at your social media accounts before they hire you uh, to give you a night to give, like sometimes it, I'm guilty of it. Like I'll get a resume and I just want to see what they look like. See what kind of what who am I going to be meeting? You know that type of thing. You know you look at the LinkedIn. You know a picture is there freely, and you just kind of say, "Well, oh, what's this person all about?" And you go and look. That happens. So putting stuff out there that you wouldn't want a future employer to see—that's something that you need to take into account. But a. 15 year old person on spring break isn't thinking about getting hired when they're 25 years old. And after college, they're thinking about now, they're not thinking about the future, which is maybe also why certain things, I mean, yeah. having issues with certain things moving forward as well, but um, you know, just think about, think about your, what you're doing online as as being carved in stone because some of it is very difficult to get removed um
0: whereas exactly some of it you can never claw back uh unfortunately Uh you know that Picture of you vomiting on your mate's shoes after eighteen pints of Stella may yeah, never exactly. be expunged. Yeah, you know? <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. That that might be why you don't get to be a police officer someday. You know, exactly. <laughs> that could be yeah. a picture that's on your resume. So who
0: knows? <laughs> who knows? So there we go. Um. Well, thanks for that, Pete. So I think we should we just uh, skim over the stories of the week, as it were. Yeah. Apple has uh, released a new MacBook Air. Um starting from just nine 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 I think it's nice to see that they've you know restored that, and this new version, you know, with latest tenth generation chips and more storage and uh, more processor options, uh seems like a very lustworthy piece of kit. Uh, I looked at it. I can't remember if I said this in the show or before the show. I don't have you know twelve hundred dollars at the moment to throw around, but if I did, I would be sorely tempted by the i five. <laughs> mid-range that looks like a very very nice machine um and probably for the first time in several years i've been able to look at the macbook air and say that would probably be enough for me uh you know i don't need to go to the pro um because um you know it's now got a retina screen that was holding people back it's now got the narrow bezels it's Mm -hmm. no longer got great big old-fashioned bezels on it it's got a retina screen it's now got of course the um returned to the new magic keyboard with the uh, scissor mm-hmm. switches which is um which is nice so uh very a very nice looking machine um and uh i think glenn said before the show he'd ordered one um felt a little bit guilty about it but uh <laughs> <laughs> well you
1: know you got to keep everybody going so it's, we're it. not
0: gonna you know it's Keep yourself happy. Well, indeed, and as he said, his current machine is uh, several years old and gradually dying. So there we go. Yeah. Um yeah. Of course, they've revealed some uh, new iPad Pros. Oh, the other thing, I I must admit, the um, I don't know what you think about this, Pete, but the new MacBook Air, obviously with tenth, uh, you know, tenth generation Intel CPUs, does that scotch the rumours of an ARM Mac because a lot of people were saying, if there, if you know, including me to some extent, that if there was going to be an ARM Mac, um, a new MacBook Air would be the ideal test. I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> Nobody knows the answer to that. Only somebody yeah. deep locked, locked, Somebody's locked deep in the bowels of, uh, you know, Cupertino. <laughs> yeah, right? loop is, uh, you know, in the camp- spaceship campus knows the secret to that, and they're kept locked up and not allowed out.
1: <laughs> probably still there <laughs> yeah, exactly they're yeah, being fed, fed not,
0: through a slot not... in the door yeah Yeah. <laughs> there we go um new ipad pros uh now with lidar scanners or depth uh measurement on the back um i'm not a i'm not a um, you know an ipad user let alone a um, ipad pro Look like very nice machines yeah. are, are you an ipad or iPad Pro user?
1: I am an iPad. I don't have a I don't have a pro, but I admit I use it for mainly watching Netflix on airplanes and um uh like I said I'm a I'm a musician so I have a lot of the sheet music and stuff for shows when I'm going to play and I can't remember anything. I just have it all on my iPad, so I just have everything there. So it's the, it's the most expensive uh it's the most expensive notepad i've ever had so <laughs> <laughs> i do like the pro though i i i i fight the urge to buy one quite frequently and then i just I try to think i'm like what am i really going to use it for and then i'm like okay i can wait and then yeah. so maybe i'll i just keep waiting until i forget that i was wanting it and then i remember it so <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. With a yep. lot of the stuff that
0: I buy, <laughs> they're not, um, they're certainly not cheap. I'll, I'll give it that. No, I, you no, know, no. I mean, they're what they I think. Um, plus, you know, obviously, they've now introduced to go with this one. Um, and uh, I, uh, iPad OS 13.4, now with trackpad support, mm-hmm. um, they have released a magic uh keyboard attachment with backlit yeah. keys, proper um, you know, one millimeter travel and trackpad. Um, but it's not cheap, is it? It's $300 for the smaller one mm-hmm. and 349 for the bigger one. Um, yeah. That's pretty pricey um, for yeah. a keyboard. Um, yeah.
1: At that point, you're almost just buying one of the stripped down Airs.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, at that point, if you're going to buy a Pro and then stick the keyboard on, um, you're looking at as much or more than the, the mid-range MacBook Air, maybe even the top yeah. of the range MacBook Air.
1: Um, yeah they're just as thin too with that extra keyboard attachment so
0: it's, you might as well but i guess you just the touch screen and certain
1: other things but
0: but yeah who knows who knows there you go uh it, of course want it all. well you know we want it all we want it all and we want it right now um exactly. of course, very much I, I believe very much that um despite there being a lot of talk about people wanting to use a, a, an iPad pro things of like Craig Federighi saying about precise manipulation of cells in numbers and whatnot. And I'm thinking, do people really get an iPad pro to do spreadsheets? I'm pretty sure they probably don't. No, I'm, pretty I, sure, yeah. I'm pretty sure people buy iPad pro so they can have a pencil and draw and paint. And
1: yeah, yeah. I definitely, for the side graphic, of graphic design and, And creativity-wise, I I think they're awesome. But I think for, like, office productivity, they're probably not the greatest. I mean, on the go, yeah. And, you know, something that slips into your backpack a little easier. But um, I think for graphic design and and creative tools, they're awesome.
0: Indeed. Um, In respect of the uh, LiDAR, Benedict Evans uh, made an interesting comment on Twitter saying Apple's investment in AR is... Interesting to watch an actual LiDAR scanner on the iPad uh, and presumably the next iPhone purely for AR and 3D creation. Given limited use cases today, it seems obvious this is about seeding the creation ahead of a pair of glasses. People who listen to this show know that I'm quite fired up about um, ar glasses at some point in the future um uh, anyway uh, craig federighi uh, showed off the new ipad pro in a video i've got a link to that a short video where he shows you how wonderful the new uh, expensive keyboard with trackpad is um on the plus side it, you don't have to buy one of those trackpad keyboards uh, third-party ones will work um apple website banner now says that all of the apple retail stores are closed until further notice i didn't mention this last week but of course apple closed all of their retail stores for you know coronavirus concerns apple doing the right thing of course told all their employees to go home and they would continue to be paid downside of that is people who have left their devices at apple stores for repair will be unable to retrieve them until uh, the COVID-19, you know... (laughs) Emergency is deemed to be over, and Apple reopened their stores. If you unfortunately took your item in to be repaired just before Apple decided to shut all their shops, uh, you're kind of out of luck, unfortunately. And that, I think, Pete, is probably pretty much all of it. Um, I will just I will just mention again the folding at home, uh, which uh, you know uses distributed computing and is being used to examine things like proteins and the COVID-19 virus. And if you would like to, uh, you know, lend support to the scientists who are studying such things, go over to foldingathome.org and uh, I believe it's a simple app you download which tells the Folding at Home people when your Mac is sitting idle and they can make use of your CPU for distributed computing uh, if you want to do something to help. And that, uh, I think, probably enough. sounds good thank you very much for coming on if you would like to do um do the usual where you tell everybody where you can be found um and then we'll wrap
1: up sounds good well as always we're hanging out at ghostry.com um the the again the uh the ghostry midnight promo uh for everybody for three months for free work at home code that can be used there uh we're on twitter at ghostry facebook ghostry Uh, Instagram, ghost regram. So we're, we're all over the place. So just, uh, if you need any help with any of that stuff, please reach out and we'll be happy to figure out what we can do to, to help stay safe and secure online, especially during these times. So uh, we're all in it together and just be nice to everybody. Give everybody a little extra, a little extra space and a little extra time. So
0: Um, you can find me online on the Twitters as at Serenac that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. All of our stuff is over on the essentialapple.com. Uh, do take a look if you haven't been over recently. A uh, Mark has, I believe, been either laid off or let go uh, as a result possibly of the coronavirus. And uh, thus has had time to do some more posting. Also, I guess, yes, uh, bearing that in mind, if you'd like to support the show by Patreon or the Pinecast Tips Jar, please do i'm sure mark would be very grateful um Bearing in mind, Mark might not be on the show very much, but he's still very much in the back there, uh, dealing with making sure that the uh, hosting and so on continues seamlessly. So, uh, you know, if you'd like to support him with a few pennies, please do that. You can join our fairly active Slack room from the link in the show notes. You can join Mac Jim's Flickr group by following the link in the show notes again. And I will just give a shout out to Steve over at Geeks Corner, which is uh, geeksacorner.co.uk. He's having an Apple Watch strap giveaway. Um, you pop over there um, and choose an Apple Watch strap from Amazon and tweet that you've joined his giveaway or share it. Um, otherwise, on social media, he will enter you into a draw to win um the strap that you have chosen. I think that will do us. We've been going for quite a long time. I'm probably gonna to have to do some serious editing. But um <laughs> <laughs> that's all good. It's all good. If it's a long show, it's a long show. I don't mind. Actually we were talking for quite a while before we started the uh, actual mm-hmm. show. So um there we are. Um thank you so much for coming on Pete and uh Absolutely. Thank you for having me again. I'm sure we will have you back again uh in the future. So uh until next week. Uh, Pete and I will say goodbye. Take care. Bart shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So, why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Ozone oh, so it is never late, Fred Beggins, or the only. He arrives precisely when he means to. And usually listening to the Tech Fan Podcast with Tim Robertson and David Cohen. listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. Thank you for listening and we hope to see you next time.